like random card set oblique ob oblique experiments it's something like that it's oblique something and he like uses it as a studio tool to like uh, break through like any blockages or oh oh this rings walls. a bell yeah 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 for since i heard about that i wanted to make my own version of it because i heard about it in the time when i thought i had writer's block and since, since then, I found just tons of ways to to get it get around that oblique strategies. Okay, and they're just kind of kind of annoying. <laughs> Not a, but isn't that what you need maybe to get? Yeah, aggravated. Yeah, it's not exactly my flavor. I, I don't like working through aggravation mm. for the most part. I'm already a fairly aggravated person. <laughs> so. Life, yeah. Being poked just kind of puts me in anger space. <laughs> well, yeah, and for me, the creative process is aggravating enough. Yeah, that too. So even when I am creating, it's like... Especially with any kind of machinery or technology. Oh, yeah, that's totally right. So you think you'd create some... Because your whole part, or I mean, like part of your process, as I understand it, is like you can generate ideas like rapidly and regularly. That might be something you could market. Yeah, I think it would be interesting, if only just to, cause people just collect those things, right? They're right. just kind of interesting mm -hmm. pieces of, uh, of media. So yeah, but it would have to have like a fairly large visual component and I've right. completely ignored the visual <laughs> sense of things. Right. For a while now, so it would be interesting to try out yeah see what yeah i mean it's kind of exciting in a way to just to know you have to work in a new medium yeah you know those uh i think they're norwegian or some kind of scandinavian paintings of just like a society in chaos um just <laughs> oh, like maybe. Every, every sort of hell is occurring in one picture like hieronymus bosch type shit <laughs> i think so um and it's just a bunch of people going through it right yeah, I'd like to do something kind of similar to that, but not exactly strictly gru uh, gruesome, but right, just interesting and right. something you can lose yourself in. That's cool. Yeah. I like those paintings where like every you, every corner that you look, there's something new. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it was very cool to see them in. Uh, um, you were in Denmark? Yeah. Or, yeah. or uh, Holland? Amsterdam. Or yeah. The big tapestries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice to go somewhere where you can actually access some some culture. <laughs> yeah, I saw something about Van Gogh here. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. I heard good things. The art gallery or what? I think it was. It was like an immersive. Actually, that would probably be pretty fucking cool. A couple friends went and said, Is it done? I don't know if it's done. Okay. Probably. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I was just saying to myself that I wasn't going to miss uh, interesting events that come through here again. <laughs> but I will be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've made that statement myself. A lot of those museums in Holland are accessible online now. Oh, really? Which is something. And hmm. A lot of their, uh, a lot of museum materials are being 
because they're so old, they're not licensed. Right. So you can just use them. Ah, okay. <laughs> Which I think might be a bit cheaper than using a design company in certain instances. <laughs> oh, 100%. If you can get something out of, create, out of the Creative Commons or whatever. Yeah, like I wonder if you could like harvest fonts from like <laughs> old typography or whatever and that'd be pretty wild. You know what? I'm sure most of the design agencies are already doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're not the first to suggest. Could we rape our culture from hundreds of years ago? <laughs> yeah. I haven't been here since winter. Yeah, I was gonna say, we did a couple this way in the winter. It's a classic, classic loop. I said the river is like as clear as it's been in like decades or something. Oh yeah. yeah. That's probably why we're gonna end up in the lockdown again. <laughs> I will pay you a hundred dollars not to look at the river. <laughs> Just look at these pictures. That's right. Believe us. Trust. seen those YouTube videos where they're like they try to show as if someone that was like possessed by the Illuminati it's like look at their eye it turns, it turns into a snake eye for one second is there still a, a spot up here uh, yeah for sure I just remembered about this spot it's yeah. not even on my list oh shit I don't know if it does it work for your for your requirements or what? I think it does I've lowered my requirements okay <laughs> <laughs> Just have to be able to get to it. Yeah, I just need places and yeah, a way to get to it. This might be a bit too arduous, but maybe in the winter. Yeah, it's not too, too bad. Huh. All right. That's nice. all I wanted to see. Oh, yeah, no problem. Yes, there's, there's like those videos where they're like, this person, watch their eye, it turns into a snake eye. For oh, <laughs> yeah. I swear to God, when I saw Jason Kenny up at the podium and say, we will pay you a hundred dollars to get vaccinated. I think I saw it. I was like, just, he showed his reptile. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't know that I know anybody who that would work for. No, I know. 
It's so confusing. Like the, the optics just went straight in the shitter after that because they just finished cutting the nurses' wages or whatever. Right. And then they did the math. It's like, you know, a million or whatever or so dollars if everyone who was unvaxxed got the hundred bucks. <laughs> it's like, what? Exactly. That's why so much of politics is theater to me. It's like the, the people who care have made up their minds. And the people that don't care really don't care. Yeah, unfortunately they're playing with our money though. That's true. That is true. <laughs> Not that it's too bad here. No, it's... I mean, we're pretty divided, but it's all pretty tame overall. I didn't expect Spanish people on the on the river. Were they Spanish? Yeah, they were speaking Spanish. Right on. I never expect Spanish people ever. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't. There's some Spanish people in my building. I, oh. I don't know if they're still there, but they were there. I usually expect like Filipino people on the river. Oh, right. Just full on having a time <laughs> barbecuing. I mean, the Filipinos might be speaking Spanish. True. It could be what we just saw. Yeah, I didn't even know that. Like, they were a Spanish colony, apparently. Yeah. I learned that by doing this show. Oh, did you? With the Filipino person. Really? You just found out? I didn't know that. Oh, okay. I mean, I guess it's safe to assume like everything so-called third world country as we're you know uh tropical country has been colonized yeah i mean you went to school with people whose <laughs> last name was like cruz and god damn it <laughs> we were filipino That's what we're doing. We're filming a music video for a song called Dorco Mode. <laughs> Absolutely. I think there's got to be a way to... I mean, I don't care because I'm now 32. Yeah. But every so often. I, in a way, in a small <laughs> way that makes me not want to jinx it, um, I feel like one of those people... You know when you were a kid and you'd see people doing something that just seemed perfectly normal and then it dawned on you that they were getting paid <laughs> to just do that normal thing? Right, right. I kind of feel like that a little bit. Oh, it could happen. I, I don't know that this podcast will ever truly generate any revenue, but it may generate awareness. Of? <laughs> Me. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm a guy. Well, I went to... I went to Peter Peter's birthday the other night, and who steps out on the driveway to have a doobie was Taylor Wynn. Oh yeah. He said, "Hey, I heard about your podcast. I heard this, this, and this." Oh, nice. Interesting. I don't think he's listened to any of it. But. <laughs> he actually started a podcast years ago. Oh, did he? Yeah. Just, I don't think they were quite. They weren't doing like high output, but right. they were doing it. 
It was the wave back in the day. Right. I'm actually surprised it took us as well. You started yours well before me. Yeah, it was just like it was less than a year, wasn't it? Probably. Yeah, June. Okay. June 2020. <laughs> but you realize how like how programmed you are to be a consumer. Yeah. Or at least I did. And it, yeah, it took me like how many years of listening to like this stupid crap that I listened to. It's like, oh, I could do this. <laughs> It's the the listening with a straight face for hours on end that <laughs> that became a problem for me. Right, right. Where I wasn't doing anything. Yeah. It's like I'd get a lot more if I was doing this. <laughs> and I discovered Come Town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know you've gone too far when you're like, the episode's late today. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that's like that. It's like, no, stop. Uh, <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> you should just immerse yourself in the back catalog Which and not become a fan. <laughs> the Come Town fans are possibly the worst in the world. I imagine. Like, who, yeah. Opie and Anthony is, uh, mm. is probably the, the all-time. Like the benchmark, of, yeah, of that sort of fan. I guess like the mainstream kind of like people who just like it because it's they're exposed to it, right? Um, Legitimize things like maybe Howard Stern or Star Wars or whatever. But when <laughs> it becomes like a little like cult, then it right. That is right. It just looks irredeemable at certain levels. And it's true. It is the cult. The cult shape, the cult structure that just kind of sickens things. Yeah. I can't imagine anyone who listens to Come Town unironically. That like, might be a spot. An annoying spot. Like in there? No, just right here. Oh. <laughs> just annoying people. Oh, you're playing out to the, yeah. to the people. <laughs> I think you have to start doing that at some point. Yeah. But what... I'm what? surprised it hasn't already happened. It feels like a place that... Right. Some music school people would use. <laughs> but what, what separates it from busking in your mind? Um, I guess the fact that it's not on a car street. Right. Okay. I guess that's the only thing. Oh, that's cool. That's a good enough. That's a great delineation. Because <laughs> people, people can't get away fast enough. They have <laughs> yeah. to listen to for at least ten seconds. <laughs> I wouldn't want it to be how busking is though in cities where it's like just beggars. <laughs> well, yeah. So I wouldn't mind just putting out like crates of tomatoes. On the trail, <laughs> the shitty people. <laughs> like, 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 just let them pelt you with tomatoes. Yeah, if you're bad, that'd be great. Why not? Just get looted. <laughs> For sure. It's the the park equivalent of putting uh, pallets of bricks in the hood. 
during uh, right, right, BLM right, rides. Right. Oh shit, Parks Almanac is in the hood. There's crates of tomatoes everywhere. <laughs> and this is like suburban, like teenagers, just as white as can be. Right, right. Norwegian heritage. Right. Shit, yo. Fuck the corporate world. We tomating them, yo. <laughs> yo. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet, yo. <laughs> That's so funny. That fucking Maryland accent is so great. <laughs> yeah. Yo. Yeah, who's trying to throw tomatoes? <laughs> Have you seen The Wire? Uh, just like parts of it. Like... Oh, okay, it's worth going through. Okay. Because that's where that is, right? Baltimore? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw that one guy from The Wire just died. Yeah. That's fucked up. Yeah, it's a good show. Well written. Well written, yeah. I remember film studies professors like covertly talking with students about it. <laughs> really? Uh, we'd like to do a course on it, but uh, <laughs> I don't think it's course worthy, but yeah, it is what it is. It is what it is. They were doing fucking Clint Eastwood though, so. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, there you go. It's not, it's like one step from that. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't get down to the island once this summer. The island could be a place. Definitely could be. The, what, what I'm thinking, like, film-wise is, you see all these videos and the good ones have, like, a yeah. uh, uniformity of uh, themes, like, okay. across the thing. Right. And we have, like, this big ribbon of, like, just vaguely boreal right. theme, kind of, uh, I don't know, parts of it kind of seem a bit rocky in places, uh -huh. but for anybody who's looking for that kind of aesthetic, like, there's right. nothing, there's no better place. No. In this region, um, so I reckon you can court people who want that in like a video, and if you have all right. the best spots, then you can kind of market it that way. It's a good idea, kind of be like a a guide almost. Yeah, because it's like the the biggest urban green space yeah. in the world. Yeah, may as well try to get to know it a little bit more. All right. How many, how many videos in like Central Park have you seen? Enough. And the distance we've walked right now is probably bigger than Central Park. Certainly really? bigger than Hyde Park, yeah. Huh. Well, yeah, and aren't those like more or less like pretty manufactured? Yeah. Like in the middle of the city? Yeah. Definitely the beginnings of urban planning. Right. Like um, this is the city built around the green space. Yeah. Also, it would be good to document it while we still have it. <laughs> uh, like before the dust bowl? <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Right. Who knows what it's going to look like in 50 years. It's pretty green now. Yeah, it sure is. It's maintained. Although Epcor got their, got their grubby fingers on that chunk of land west of here by the... By the uh, 
the water treatment plant. Oh, okay. Have to put a solar farm in. Right. And so I was mad about that, but then I talked to somebody and they're like, well, the land was zoned for that kind of development like decades ago. It's like, Ooh. Yeah, a lot of this stuff was decided so long ago. Right. But I was like, yes, I'll never get a solar farm out there. <laughs> I did, I did a walk and talk podcast like this that with Fian last month, and he just his hearing is a little bit off, so he right. just he just wanders out into the middle of the road. Oh, really? <laughs> Michael, no. <laughs> <laughs> he said he found it difficult to walk yeah. and talk. Yeah, he was noticeably well, not noticeably, but just felt it hard to keep his thoughts together. Yeah, it's not for everybody. I guess not. I thought it would make it better. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that could be an angle for you, a new channel. <laughs> Can you walk the talk? Just categorize some people as walkers, right. some people as sitters, right. and then play them against each other. Force the walkers to sit. <laughs> Start hashtag campaigns against the, the sitters. <laughs> I'm actually getting more and more into, I kind of resisted doing them over Zoom at first, but now I kind of like doing them over Zoom. Oh yeah. As a kind of impersonal, that takes like a shade of intensity off. Oh, okay. So you don't have to stare into this fucking person's eye and like, you know, validate every single thing. Right. Right. <laughs> I actually did one with a guy, he's like a Ukrainian guy, he's like, I won't do the accent, but he's like, your, your video's flickering. Why don't we just turn our cameras off and do audio-only interview? Yeah. So, all right. It's kind of intimate. <laughs> yeah, just straight into the ears. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> How about we turn the lights out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Are you thirsty? Yeah, sometimes the mouth noises are too much when I'm editing my shit. It's like, ugh. Yeah. Can't edit. No. I don't edit. Well, I don't know. I, I say that, but... I'm sure you gotta edit your interviews. <laughs> I don't know. I did one last week that was like... I did not expect it to get into right-wing conspiracy theories, and it did. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh no. <laughs> Don't believe everything you read. Remember that. Yeah. I won't. <laughs> when they cancel you. <laughs> That's when we push Keith too far, he says, just just stop believing everything you read. <laughs> <laughs> That's always my goal is to get to that point. It's all in good fun. It's the, uh, it's my version of the, uh, the picture of, uh, David and God. Just the perfect push. Just, just when the, <laughs> nice. just the, the two people separate from the need to <laughs> like everything that right. the other person likes in perpetuity for the entire time that you're together and then in <laughs> memories and then next time you meet. Right. 
It's like I would actually think that at my funeral, nobody would say he never had a bad word to say about anybody. I had, <laughs> I had plenty all the time. Oh, yeah. What a thing to say about somebody. <laughs> he stood for nothing. Yeah. He is a total fucking patsy. <laughs> a nice guy. A pushover. <laughs> God, we used to love pushing him over, didn't we? Shouts out to your cousins or whoever that listened to the Mooncast. Oh yeah, shout out to my family. Love it. Remember to subscribe to the Mooncast and the North Bank Media Podcast. Right. Hit that bell, guys. Like and subscribe. Oh, right. Oh. Yes. You gotta get used to that spiel. Well, maybe you can do it without the spiel. I don't know. I'll figure out a way to do it. <laughs> I've kind of refused the spiel. Yeah, I'm not sure what to do or how to do it. I definitely... I, I don't know. I've seen how it works on other social media platforms, so right. like, get rid of the dinks, but <laughs> you don't really see that on, on YouTube, because if people turn off, then you get, like, just punished, downgraded, yeah. Right. So I just have to find the perfect way of saying nothing that sounds nice. Right. And that's, yeah, exactly. The, the adage that, like, if the content is good enough, like the audience will come and all that shit is I don't, I don't think it's true I think you have to tell people exactly what the point is of everything oh yeah for sure <laughs> fuck man I always think of that George Carlin bit where he says like think about how dumb the average person is and then realize half the people are dumber than that <laughs> and like God love them all but I was shooting the city news yesterday and I had to explain to the people I was interviewing what the problem even was. I'm like, the response I'm getting is not is not going to be authentic. Yeah, I think that's why like reality TV has worked so well because right. exactly. the regular person doesn't have like their perspective prepared for a camera. <laughs> maybe we'll get there eventually, but yeah, maybe it's interesting because you should have that if you're like a, an individual who's responsible for themselves, but. I think maybe the structure of society has meant that a lot of people don't need to be responsible for themselves long term. I think that's 100% it. That's more than anything what we're seeing now is like if people just want to be told exactly what the problem is and yeah. how to think and feel about it. And where to go to take it off their uh, take it off their hands. Right. Doesn't even have to be a person anymore. <laughs> Someone just has to say that it's taken care of. Right. Problem solved. You can take your kids to soccer now. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. As if. What's annoying is this year was so great because the like the management of the parks w- like went down, so right. they got to be more wild, mm-hmm. which is really good. It looked really nice. Yeah, it looked a little more. Yeah, like how it would have looked. Yeah. Was it, I think it was last summer that they like <laughs> they weren't even cutting the grass right, in yeah. the neighborhoods. Yeah, some of those were pretty. <laughs> that was a bit pretty much. bad. <laughs> Just looking like America all of a sudden. now it seems like they've kind of redoubled and like the park management is kind of 
it's like alcohol use is permitted at this site, but not this site. Right. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> right, someone just got a new desk. <laughs> just cracking their knuckles, right. just ready to oppress somebody. Where's that map? Still on vacation for a year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Man. Too true. Just clicking through their, their like, pet peeves on Facebook, most likely. <laughs> yeah. There right. you go. Literally that person. <laughs> That's who I picture. For sure. This king is all hell. Just talking at that volume for eight hours a day. Yeah. Because <laughs> everything they say has the same energy of someone just, hey! <laughs> yeah. Except they're smiling all the time because of coffee. <laughs> oh my god. What was that? Gum just gets obliterated. Like they never have to spit gum out. <laughs> it's just like. Remember how Pat Quinn was like chewing the same piece of gum that entire season he coached the Oilers? Was he? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I always feel like Pat Quinn just chewed like one single chiclet for an entire game. <laughs> what was it you were saying about coffee that time? Like the color of coffee and then like the the soul wicking properties of it or something? I forget. It was pretty epic. I had some bad times with coffee recently. Yeah, you said you drank coffee and watched Tim Pool. <laughs> yeah, that was a mistake. I don't like the alarmism of the left. Is he left? Yeah, I guess he did. I didn't know what it was like growing up and being in like high school and stuff. Right. And just the people around me who just think I'm a very like grave individual who's like super serious and Right. Just because I guess it's because like the subject matter that I speak of or whatever, but I guess I, I just don't I don't cringe easily, so I don't really feel right. any aversion to <laughs> uncomfortable conversations. Like I've, I've had some just very uncomfortable conversations with people, just about the most random stuff. Uh, and oftentimes that's the only conversation I ever had with them. But that's hilarious. I mean, it's memorable. It's, I don't remember what the weather was that day. Right, right, right. But I remember the conversation and the nature of it. Uh, but yeah, so when I realized that like all these world events that people were like, it was fucking, it was like crippling them emotionally, just thinking about them. <laughs> that's a pretty, yeah, that's exactly it. Because if they had half the conversations that we have had. I'm not sure. Really. There actually is something to all that, like, so-called, like, emotional labor that you do when you're, like, 20 and 19, like those yeah. conversations you have. But if they don't stick and then exactly right, shit hits the fan someday and you're not ready. Yeah. Because you haven't dug even one step down into yourself. Yeah, I remember like going through my mental landscape on like the idea of God and like atheism right. and stuff and right. just like long dark nights of the soul or whatever. But right. I didn't like, <laughs> I woke up like nothing happened the next day, like physically. <laughs> like it wasn't like I was just taking gut punches all night. No, but that's, I'm kind of, I feel the same way a little bit, at least now, and that I'm older, but, yeah, it was never like any of it was crippling, somehow. It was just like, okay, well, if that's how it is, maybe it's because I was never, like, raised in a fundamentalist, like, you know, ideological prison. Yeah, maybe. Where you're, like, coddled from 
thinking, well, I don't know what that is. Because they go through lots of, like, torture and, like, the pounding of being assimilated. Right. But maybe it's just because they... No, I don't, I don't understand why it would make it so the rest of the world would be so punishing. I guess maybe because they're not exposed to it, but they are, like, directly. Well, I, yeah, I do honestly think that with COVID and maybe now a little bit with this abortion thing, it's like people are really being forced to confront what mortality means. Oh, yeah. It's like it's just been kind of, what do you say, soft-pedaled or whatever through, through media, like movies and shit. Yeah. And now it's real, and you're just going to get mad and cry about it because that's what you would do in a movie? Yeah. Well, that's what uh, Twin Peaks is about. Okay. Um, David Lynch hasn't said much about it, but it seems to be about the, uh, um, the medium of television and film mm. and all that just making death seem insignificant. Right. So they really lay it on thick with the grief in it, and it like spins out in one one long grief cycle. Huh. Yeah. In in Driftwood, I wanted to have a shot where it was just like an uncomfortably long shot of the where Doug's character dies. Yeah. I just wanted to have the the mom character just weeping. Yeah. Just like a slow zoom out, and I was like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> but, but that's exactly what it needed. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, I think you just got to go for it. Oh, certainly. I think we'll see how give and take hits, and then the next one will be like, we'll take some... <laughs> we'll, we'll have the weeping shot. You right. But yeah, so I don't, I don't know. And it makes me wonder, it's the only way I have misgivings about kind of the tone of my music. Mm. Is I have a grave personality and things kind of seem a bit sure. mopey coming from my, my face. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I realize that I kind of like the, the contrast of having something that sounds kind of consonant and sweet and then mm -hmm. having grave subject matter behind it hmm. um, which is kind of like a uh, a reflection of what we're we're given from the media where it's right kind of dark and um, dirty like mm. harmonics and then mm. everything's great and I'm justifying everything type of lyrics and themes huh And so there's some kind of like imbalance between the musical textures and the lyrics? Yeah, it's just the same kind of contrast that right. you get in any kind of art. Right, right. It's the thematic contrast. And then when it comes together, that's when you put your hooks. <laughs> <laughs> so says right. the science. So says the science. That makes sense. Oh man, I was listening to John Mayer's new album. Oh yeah. And like, what is it, Last Train Home is, it, is it an absolute hit oh yeah like steve winwood level oh yeah but then there's another song called why you know love me <laughs> i right. just turned it off <laughs> i think you went one step too far johnny yeah in the, in this era of like streaming music the album format right i think he said himself that it was like an album pastiche album right 
Um, yeah, I suppose that, that had to have been a little tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, I, I think lots of people have moved on from realizing that that's where mm. music releases have, have led, but I guess we're all growing up with the artists we, uh, <laughs> we followed when we were younger, so the artists we deserve. In lots of ways, it's in line with that. I'm sure it's a very John Mayer album. I haven't heard it yet. Oh. But I'm sure I get the same vibes as I would if I listened to a Clapton album from the 90s or something. <laughs> yeah, it is almost like that. It's actually a lot like some of that like late 80s Clapton, like August. Yeah, middle period artist. Right, exactly. What do you guys think about the synth? <laughs> <laughs> you ever heard of that? <laughs> sure. <laughs> There's a whole album of it. And if you want to talk about late period Clapton, that single he just put out called This Has Gotta Stop. All right. It's like the most literal shit you've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> With like three guitar solos, but also like... It's all, yeah, it's like the most blues thing I've heard, which is perfectly in line with him. Like right. The last couple albums I heard from him, I've never heard him rip solos so hard. <laughs> well, I know, it's like he found it again. Yeah. And that, interestingly enough, that I, honestly, like John Mayer has like duplicated that tone, like that that hard strap. I mean, you know better than I do what, exactly what it is, but it's just like so piercing in a way. Yeah, yeah, the the professional lead guitar right. player tone, right? Just like it's all in the, <laughs> the midsection of the frequency range, and it just it's not piercing, but it's very present. Right, exactly. Very present. Yeah. It's just like a punch in the, it's like an uppercut. Yeah, it's good. The, it is uh, great. The Clapton stuff kind of reminds me that blues is jazz, or more accurately, jazz is blues. Whereas it all just kind of subordinates itself to self-expression. Mm. Right. Like the solos mean more than the lyrics of that song. Right, 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 right. And it doesn't necessarily mean, look at my rad bends. There's an actual language to it. And I, I'm sure, you know, as somebody who listens to blues, that he's not just playing the same, <laughs> the same riffs over and over again, the same licks. No. There's kind of that feeling of exploring the feeling. Yeah. Through the guitar neck. Yeah, and do it. Right. It's a 3D language. Right. Exactly. You're doing things that the language, you know, the, the English language can't really do. Yeah. <laughs> but I do find it funny how, like, when Clapton would have started in the 60s, like, all that protest music was, like, the flavor of the week stuff. Yeah. And now he's getting, now 50, 60 years later, he's being called, like, a, you know, a, a vicious anti-vaxxer. For, yeah. for writing protest music. <laughs> this is the thing, though. Like, back then, the counterculture wasn't at the top of the charts. Mm. It was still, like, just like it is now, like, official soundtracks and, like, industry plant musicians. Right. Um, and the counterculture was just kind of a hip thing on the side. Mm. So when you look now at the massive culture um, going against 
somebody who's doing a counterculture thing, then you have to consider who's the counterculture. Mm. I think they've tricked a lot of people into thinking that they were the counterculture and a lot of things like the lockdowns and the vaccine stuff and mm -hmm. Afghanistan are making people see, some people, that there was a bit of a switcheroo that happened and they probably right. don't know where. That's totally what it feels like. The old switcheroo. Unfortunately, I like the what I'd frame now as the counterculture was. It's doing fine without those people. The only issue is that they were kicked off. Right. All the platforms. You're saying like people like Alex Jones and Milo. Uh, yeah. I mean, you say that because those are like the loudest voices, but right. more like what what kind of underpins that economy of. Uh, people who are now cancelled, mm -hmm. who are just human beings with <laughs> um, opinions outside the bounds of the algorithms that right. keep the social media platforms together. Because ultimately, I think if they were all on there, we'd be off the platforms because it would have <laughs> just become a thing. And we'd have to move on, but they just like right. secured their place. Right. Cancelled all the um, divergent views, and now people get to spin out in their own echo chamber, which is the platforms. Right. It's like, well, I guess that's what you wanted. Although yeah. it's not what any of us wanted, because wasn't it you that just told me that YouTube is 100% al algorithm now? Yeah. Or it's approaching it, yeah. Right. But one of the Weinsteins just got kicked off YouTube. Oh, did he? The biologist. Oh, okay. Because he wouldn't shut off about ivermectin. Right. He wouldn't stop having rational conversations. <laughs> Honestly, that's my least favorite part of YouTube. And I was kind of glad when Joe Rogan left. <laughs> Boomers just sitting and talking to each other? You didn't like that? <laughs> All that stuff, like the late night host shows and the oh my God. evening shows and the daytime Oprah's and all that stuff. That's what kept me off YouTube for the longest time because it was just that. <laughs> right. What's really raking in the big views on YouTube? Like, did you kind of do a dive into that? Video game streamers, I think, and yeah. like unboxing videos. <laughs> People's families. Right. It's reality TV, basically. Unboxing that fucking sword. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on Lake Katana. Right. But that's it, eh? Like, well, I feel like we talked about this months ago, but like, oh, people just want the access. Like the mukbang thing or whatever? Like, yeah, those two. I swear to God, we were here six months ago tromping through the snow, or nine months ago, talking about people like the access. Yeah. Doesn't have to be anything particularly special. Just has to be consistent. Right. Right. When you consider like more and more films are being made for streaming and TV shows and all that stuff, right? Eventually, the studios are going to find a way to like get themselves on there. Right. We'll just break. Well, like I showed you that one, like that one Korean YouTuber or whatever who was right. just like picked out of a producer pool at the biggest or one of the biggest TV stations in Seoul, mm -hmm. and now they have a hit YouTube show. And it's clearly just like excess. They're using extra equipment, extra, mm -hmm. extra costume and lighting and all that stuff, and just breaking off and then. 
um, yeah, just forking the process because the the conglomerate still has its like primetime TV shows going while it's happening and they're just right. taking over the streaming space. Yeah, and I wonder if because they have the big studio budget, they have to just go into the excess, the aesthetic of excess to prove it's like we're here, we're the big dogs. Yeah. Well, it's a good strategy because moving into that is better than trying to have the TV stuff recreated. Like a lot of the cultural institutions in the West here are just trying to like take over, right? They're just putting clips onto online instead of having an online thing. Mm. Just trying to take all the TV people, but there's really not that many TV people left. No, not really. And whoever's left is pretty ghoulish. <laughs> yeah, that's why I find it so weird. Like, I don't mean any offense by finding it weird, but the SNL thing, I, who's watching that? <laughs> I don't get it. Honestly, if I'm home, I will watch it, but like, so many times you're just sitting there and like, th who thinks this is funny? Like, <laughs> like yeah, it's, it's just the drama nerds that are, that are now backed up by the, by their own fucking, you know, unearned anger and smugness about being left wing. Now it's just that. Well, maybe it always was. Of course it was. I don't know, was it always so political? Yeah, the liberal arts are fake and gay. <laughs> Steal it. And a catchy in Right, right. And just like... Uh, I, what you could call conservative arts are cancelled now from the platforms they were before as right. well. And they try to make it seem like it's normies or yokels or whatever, but it's literally <laughs> just the rest of society having a say. I know. Yeah, I like... I do, there's interesting moments when you listen to, like, on Bill Burr's podcast when, like, he does show himself to be an out-of-touch California liberal. Oh, yeah. Like, he's... <laughs> He's more or less aware of it, but then it's like little things, and it's like you just realize there's a whole class of people who are like marketing down to the rest of the world. Yeah. There seems to be an appetite for it. Mm -hmm. I, like, I, I don't know what's going to stand the test of time, though, because it feels like a lot of mm. what we're fed as historic from, I guess, the, the middle, middle era of Western culture, right? It's being, like, we're being told it's iconic and it's getting awards and stuff and <laughs> selling their catalogs and all that stuff, but... I'm sure there's, like, it's all made regardless. Right. All this comes down to personal taste. But I don't know if, like, what's left over is actually worth visiting, you know? Right, are they, right. Are they solving problems or are they enchanting you or whatever? Well, I don't know. I mean, that's, yeah, that's the thing. Is like, even if the counterculture was a, a ruse, at least it, it was part of a shift in society. Whereas now it's like the artists and the fucking so-called, yeah, the artists are telling you to just listen to the president. Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Are they enchanting us and are they solving problems? I would say no. <laughs> I'd say they're just deepening the existing problems. I had like a long think once about if I was to have a family, what I'd want to like not do. Right. And one of those things was just, I didn't want to automatically just put a kid in front of a Disney movie and think that that, that was parenting. Right. <laughs> just from what I've learned about the creative process and what I've also learned about kind of the world. Right. And different perspectives on society. <laughs> yeah, man, that's, that's also a experiencing one. people who were raised by Disney. Well, yeah. It's alarming. What is, what is the hallmark of that to you? Just like seeing the world in a two-dimensional way? I guess it's just that they're a lot of the people who don't enjoy speaking to me. <laughs> okay. Like I remember no, once no, telling fair. people that like if you die around that's like a fair. pet you have, like a cat right, or right, dog, right. it's likely they're going to eat you. You told somebody that? Yeah. <laughs> I was talking about it. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> And they were like, oh, my dog wouldn't do that. And I was like... <laughs> my dog told me he loves me. Just, like, yeah, just no. This isn't a Disney movie, and I said that. It was a rude thing to say, but... <laughs> rude or true, or I don't know. <laughs> what? Well, and I think, too, there's that... Disney, if anything, or whatever, parts of the machine reinforce the need for people to just be like, okay, we've taken religion out, but we still want that rational meaning. Give it to me. Good and bad. Right. I'm the hero if I just uh, work hard enough. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, Prince Charming is coming. Yeah, if you're beautiful, seems to be what everybody was taught. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. And now everyone, yeah, that's a great point. Which is so pernicious because there is something to beauty being good. Yeah. But to package it in such a cheap way, just overall just cheapens it. Right. Because it's <laughs> it's that old Jordan Peterson saw about like hierarchies of value. Right. It's like the truth is yes, there is something good in beauty, but guess what? Not everybody is equally beautiful. Yeah. And the most beautiful thing definitely isn't somebody's opinion. No, certainly not. If an algorithm <laughs> found that, like, right. did the calculation, it wouldn't be someone's opinion. Yeah, I think that's true. Or, like, critical analysis or <laughs> an own on a comment section or whatever. <laughs> it's not in those categories. I'm sure of it. Right. No, <laughs> it's probably just the opposite. It's like pure unadulterated uh, expression and like the feedback of that expression is completely out of the equation of beauty like nobody gives a fuck what you think about you know <laughs> yeah I think there is a beauty to the cat and mouse game of switching on and off Awareness, right? When it's done consciously, like I think a lot of comedians use that, ironically or sarcastically. Mm. But even that has become like a 
a personality, right? Like sarcasm is a personality, right? Personality style. But remember, it was it was Alexander Cortez who reminded us that person or uh, sarcasm is the lowest form of humor. <laughs> oh yeah, sure, sure, it is. sure it is. That's when you got to double down. Sarcasm is passive aggression. Right, right. <laughs> See, this is why we need new loops, man. I know. We talked about passive aggression right in this one. I know we did. That's so funny. <laughs> You're thinking about the key to like moving this thing forward, maybe not having five podcasts on one circuit. <laughs> we got to go way out to the east and go over by like Capilano or some shit. Yeah, it'd be cool. That's so funny. Do you think this, well, I think the space definitely dictates, you learned that last time. Yeah. Getting lost in that fucking vortex. I think at the end of that one, I was talking about how time travel, <laughs> conception of it could be right. going through loops. I think that's right. a version of it. Right. Finding yourself in the same point, talking about the same thing, but at a different time. Yeah, that could be. That could be. So maybe we should <laughs> we should just script it next time. <laughs> Turn it into a template. Just have oh two other God. people do it and read the script. <laughs> Some like synecdoche New York shit. Right, right, right. <laughs> no, that's a good point. We gotta strive to do almost like a different loop every time. I think maybe just have a rotation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. If I was uber committed to like making this something overly produced, what I do is I get it um, uh, transcribed. Okay. Feed it into an AI for the like major themes. Okay. And then tie the uh, the episodes that have similar themes into series, and then block them into kind of chapters, and then okay. have that cycle through a year. Right. Through the seasons, well, through the moons, basically. Right. Then you can have like <laughs> episode guides of like topics. We're doing this loop. Right. Here's what we touched on last time. Do you have anything more to say about it? Five or six of those. Right. Something to think about. It is. The transcription would be difficult you to, gotta, get a, to get an accurate one. Yeah. But you got to pay someone to do it. Right. Oh, fucking you. It doesn't have to be accurate. It just needs no. to have accurate most enough. of the stuff in there. Right. And then, even then, having an inaccurate one will feed the pedants out there. Right, right, right. People that want to wear our skin. <laughs> Let them come. So then, then you would transcribe it and feed the transcription into an AI. Yeah. And the AI would, would sort of 
chunk it out into themes. Yeah, like IBM Watson, for example, it does like, you know how the big five personality right. instrument like breaks out into the different aspects of each of the, the big five? So like extroversion is openness or something, all those different. I got you. Openness to experience and all that stuff and they all link. Right. Um, it does that if you put, IBM Watson does that if you put uh, text into it. Okay. It'll tell you like the personal personality themes of the text. Gotcha. So you can just assign a value to each of those aspects <laughs> and then turn it into a framework for a narrative, basically. Okay. <laughs> and then from there, you can just spin those and have like a... Um, you can make like a style guide of how much variety you want between the episodes or whatever. Right. And then figure out how many different variations you have that have strong signals. Mm. Turn those into themes and then... Um, plan out how uh, how much material you, you'd have given whatever amount of commitment. Man, that would be pretty wild. So, for example, we're doing two a month. Right. Let's say we talk about passive aggression um, on four of those. Right. So we'd have eight eight episodes from our current like output mm -hmm. that have themes about that personally I think that would be too much right within a like a two year period or whatever but then you can like attenuate things or maybe break out the idea of passive aggression into different themes get some slogans or catchphrases or whatever it always threatens to go in that direction. Right. It would be cool to see it. Like, I... I am obsessed with personal trends. That's why I, like, keep track of all that kind of shit. Right. But it's like, yeah, we, Is there a seasonal or, like, locational reason for why we talk about what we talk about? Right. Or are we talking about way too much of the same shit over and over again and not getting anywhere? That'd be a good one to know. Yeah, well, maybe the tracking of it is what gets you to the next level of right. getting deeper. It could be. In fact, it is. That is yeah. the answer. It is a step, and I feel like it's necessary, but you don't want to subordinate yourself to it. That's true, too. Or else you lose the magic. Right. Yeah, like, I guess, yeah, then it really depends what the goal is. With the Mooncast, it's more about just like doing it, I feel, and, you know, I don't, like, this is not the fucking winner. Oh, yeah. But it's like... Everything it's, I just talked about, I ran through already in my head is how I, I would, like, do it legitimately. Right. It's got a ceiling, for sure. Right. To raise the floor would require travel yeah. outside of this right. region, and right. I'm not sure it's worth it to do it. With the podcast as the flagship. No, exactly right. But the Almanac, which kind of came from this experience right. and like our conversations before podcasting, that might be something that's worth pursuing. That I believe, for sure. And the podcast could have a supporting role in it. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I think the Almanac is, I mean, just by its nature, <laughs> by its very name is 
bigger and grander. Yeah, I think maybe, well, this is what I'm currently doing, but having kind of a, an idea of the creative structure is important. Right. If you're gonna move on and not get stuck and mm -hmm. risk writer's block. Right. One thing that has helped was I heard, I saw some study, fuck, I probably said this here <laughs> three months ago, but like most conversations they said ended before both parties felt like they were ready to, to stop. All right. So then I found that like, you could just keep talking, even if it's not, like even just today I was talking to somebody and I just kept talking and they, then they kept talking. Oh, like, yeah. There's way more to say. There's many people out there who know that that's a fact and they corner people in conversations. Well, right. And then just say nothing. <laughs> Sometimes actually nothing. They'll just like, that's their way of like connecting to people. Right. It's just like being in a locked in intellectual <laughs> space with them. Right, where they're just like pounding you in the head with their shit, with their ideas. But then I often wondered is like, does this person want me to interrupt them and say something right now? Or are they just like relieving themselves into my ears? Yeah. Well, I mean, I do that. And that's not exactly what I was talking about because I'd, <laughs> I'd self-justify myself doing that. I don't know till, about uh, that. Until the cows come home. But right. I'm mainly talking about the people who literally say nothing. Like they lead <laughs> with the weather and then nothing's happening. Right, right, right. And you realize there's no connection and they surely know it. But they're still smiling and looking at you so you can't just leave. Right. So you got to just start frowning. Who's <laughs> that Miley Cyrus gift? Just for sure. <laughs> totally just wanna. It was pretty funny at the end of the cookout on Sunday when you just started explaining Come Town to Jerry. Oh yeah. He's like, what these guys tour? Like they're rock stars? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, it's the same thing. TikTok stars tour, Jerry. Ah oh. <laughs> just blowing his mind. Yeah, that's the thing. As soon as I realized, well, I knew that from the beginning. <laughs> that like no musician is a dangerous man right <laughs> it's just like people really needing to project themselves onto it and so I realized that I realized what side of the equation I was on in that right. <laughs> and that's why I think I get the response of like dismissal because I'm not that for that person I'm talking to right and to be honest the person that they're thinking of isn't that for them either because if they'd meet them <laughs> with whatever shtick they have that they think they have deep inside them. Right. They right. wouldn't like it either. <laughs> yeah, man. Archetypes are a funny thing. Like, just any celebrity. No, oh, I know. Like, everybody probably thought, like, Lemmy from Motorhead was a dangerous guy, but he was really just, like, an amphetamines addict. <laughs> yeah. I remember seeing this great quote in a actually in a film studies textbook about how like <laughs> as much as rock and roll was like the music of rebellion no rock and roll star ever rebelled against anything and it usually just ended up in like self-destruction yeah it's like damn and also a lot of them came from upper middle class backgrounds right so they were fully supported and were like fighting the money that was being thrown at them that's right just to sell to the people an archetype yeah <laughs> and that's like the common I think view on celebrities is just that right 
they're idols or whatever. Or it's right. that they want to be idols. Mm, yeah. I'm not sure if that's the case. For the majority of them. Yeah, I mean... Otherwise, why would they complain so much and then kill themselves? <laughs> yeah, probably none of them ever wanted any of it. They just happened to have a talent. Or they were easily ma malleable. I think they fit into the marketing cycles. Right. Just perfectly. Right. They pegged the meter in the third quarter. <laughs> and boom. Year after year. <laughs> That's why you said everybody in that in that new metal band that we made up today looks like Justin Bieber. Yeah. It's like it's just repeating. Yeah, Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber with like whatever the celebrity's name is just right. like perfectly styled hair and makeup right and I'm that's like men's idol <laughs> for toughness right that's what <laughs> that's what the China thing you sent me is hilarious yeah outright starting to ban that that's literally like what the counterculture was right man. exactly that's what like hair metal was of course Axel Rose and right parading around in like tidy whities but like with a shirt wrapped around his waist with literal like just strippers clothes on right they took them from strippers so right yeah and this is how men are like forming their the side that values beautiful things basically which you might call it anima right I was gonna say they're transgender. <laughs> transgender animals. Yeah, that's actually a great point. Like, what, what was the what was the narrative that they were fed about, like the like Mick Jagger, Axl Rose, or whoever is like, no, that's what a man is because he's like he doesn't give a fuck about how he's how he looks. Like that was the lie. I don't think they were told that that was a man. Oh, I think they not. just assumed in a rebellious fashion. Mm. Right. Because that's the only option they had for rebellion. There's a bunch of <laughs> men dressed up as women. <laughs> Dude, that's so fucked. If you really do think about it. I did think about it. It is fucked. <laughs> no, I know, I know. I guess what I say is, I'm now thinking about it. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. Yeah, if you ever, I mean, you don't need to because you get it already, but there's a movie from like 1971 called Performance. It's a British film and Mick Jagger's in it. Okay. And it, it is exactly that. It's like, it, it literally just takes that idea and walks it out of like the, the fluidity and the gender, yeah. the fluidity of gender. Like there's a shot where it starts tight, tight on Mick Jagger's armpit with the hair. Right. And you're like, oh shit, is that like a bush? <laughs> is that like a woman's legs? And then it pulls all the way out and it's Mick Jagger sitting there. It's like, yeah. ah. Well, that's when, like, you got to think back. The audience for, like, all that counterculture stuff is the same as the current audience for counterculture stuff. It's just right. weird girls <laughs> and, like, hot girls who are closeted weird girls. And then right. the masses of guys who want to fuck them. Right. Basically. And then, like, all the men just, like, see, I got lipstick on, too. I'm hot, aren't I? I got eyeliner on. Right. My hair is prettier than yours. Right. And then we wonder why, like, people of both genders hate people of the other genders right because we're not like it is the anima yeah exactly yeah that's why i've always found it so odd that like 
men won't listen to female artists? <laughs> like, you want a man in your head all day? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Just singing love songs to you? <laughs> totally. It's akin to the whole, like, wearing wearing a sports jersey with a guy's name on your back. Right. It's like you don't necessarily think about it, but then when you do think about it... Like, you don't have a bra to throw on stage, but everything about your energy is saying that. <laughs> That's why I tell myself I'm just listening to the bass and drums <laughs> when I listen to John Mayer. I just like, it was around like high school time, I just realized that I should balance it out. Mm, that's a good point. And then like you realize that the themes are like crossed over and stuff. And huh. There's like plenty of, any of like the non-girl power girl songs are, a lot of them are written by men, mm. first of all. Um, but they're written for men. Damn. So you get a lot of female artists who are just writing exactly what you want to hear, but most men just want to listen to like I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they're listening to, but it's likely just what girls want to listen to, and it just it all just like there's a race to the bottom of how like weepy it can get, and right. like, how much who's gonna turn off the ballad first. <laughs> I can't stand ballads. <laughs> Was the defining characteristic of the bat, or one of them, like, no backbeat? Was that something you said to me? Uh, I guess, but I, I think I've updated that, because mm. there are ballads with backbeats, and there's ballads with, like, just slow dance beats, but okay. they're definitely ballads. And those ones are, are a lot more valid, mm. in my mind. Okay. Um, more to my ears. I just get bored. Right. And it's not for me. Nope. Well, yeah. I don't see how ballads can be for for men it doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> well I was thinking about that like for all those years in my younger like early 20s listening to all that like blues music and like whiny shit right it's like that probably actually didn't help the healing or help the process of growing no it's the like writing it and like performing it that sure helps. right right that's the that's, <laughs> he has the blues yeah I'm healed yeah exactly it's more like he has the blues and I'm going to just drive that further into myself. I'm not going to take on his blues on top of mine. Yeah. But then I was thinking like, man, there's a whole, like, so many, like, just white singer-songwriters, like, where it's just like, it's clearly alcoholism is the problem. Oh, yeah. Or, you know? Or like, drugs. There's the meth era and now it's the opiate era. That's where right. you have so much trap. Right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, like, so much of the counterculture movement, or at least what led up to it, was alcoholism. Right. And then, like, you watch, uh, what is it, Tales from the Tour Bus or whatever, that oh, yeah. like, judge thing. Right. You find out the country was all, like, all on uppers. Amphetamines, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that one where they were hot, like, Johnny Cash and, who was it, Waylon? Yeah. Hiding the pills in the wall. Yeah. <laughs> Just, like, punch a hole in the wall to get them out. But it's like, the <laughs> those guys were completely out of fucking control. Yeah. And they were they were telling us things that we thought were important. Oh yeah. But it's like, what? And it was mostly just the chords that were doing it. Hmm. That's If you look right. at the chords, a lot of it is like a reversal. So. Subversive. The more you subscribe to that stuff, the more you'll likely have a negative view of good things. Ah. That's pretty wild. To a certain extent. Like yeah, the, yeah. 
the most popular key in music is C, mm -hmm. and like most music has like a minor tonality to it. Like there's not a whole lot of happy music out there. Right. There's always some kind of contrast, but the contrast, for some reason, favors the minor tonality in our, uh -huh. in our culture. Huh. Especially since the blues became a thing, and like the ambiguity of the third being like the blues note or whatever. Um, that just makes uh, everything just kind of a middle of the road mush mm. if you <laughs> compile it together. Right. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it seems like the super positive stuff like sells consistently mm. over time, but mm -hmm. the super negative stuff like has a lot more sway over the culture. And I don't know if that's a mark of the factor or if that's just because of what's being pushed. Right. Because if it bleeds, it leads and those type of philosophies. Right. Right, which... <laughs> it bleeds, it leads. Like, I haven't heard much of the Billie Eilish thing. Mm. Or any of, like, the flavor of the year. Like, it seems to be that they're pushing female musicians pretty hard over the years. Or, like, Lord or whatever. Or right. whoever was the next big thing. And, uh, first of all, an increasing amount of it is not, like, for male audiences, it seems. Um, which is which just means I don't pay attention to it and also a lot of it is just morose mm -hmm. this morose music absolutely even when it's trying to be happy <laughs> yeah so then are we surprised that people are like like they just harbor self-loathing and then like lashing out at people they, yeah I, like, I don't think so we're just getting spoon fed that especially if you're developmental because like it <laughs> Up till about 25, you're pretty mushy still. Yeah, I think it, I don't know what it is, but it has to turn a corner. Because there were certainly a lot of like rough and tumble things I liked when I was a child. But mm -hmm. at some point I gained a perspective on like the whole thing. Right. And it, and it stopped being like music as like some magical untouchable thing. Right. Um, it was something that people made and the ability that people have to influence mm -hmm. people from like creations made out of nothing. Vibrations of a string, right? For the most part, or vibrations of air, right? Yeah, I suppose you that's it. Is you do that is kind of a, a pretty big step in like selving or becoming a you know an independent individual. Is like, yeah, like no cultural institution really is the answer to anything. No. Well, it's not going to solve the problem. Well, yeah. It might illuminate the problem. Probably has some answers in it. But I'm not sure that yeah. the packaging is what a... There's something lost in translation with the packaging and the... Yeah. Compression and all that stuff. Right. And a lot of the time I think... Like, true meaning that... Something may have started with is lost in that process. Just to... Just to make sure certain... Metrics are, are met or whatever. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe the... The algorithms, the algorithms have figured it out already. <laughs> we'll all have our perfect, our perfect song, right, delivered to us, <laughs> right, by Jeff Bezos. That perfect reflection of us, but only we can't see that it's a reflection of us. Right, right, exactly. And then the platform owner is just making the, the money from it. Dude, that our data. <laughs> that is probably what it is. <laughs> the, oh my God, think about that. The marketing of of art on a personalized level after they've farmed our data for 50 years? Yeah. God, I love this song. <laughs> <laughs>
It just makes this me think of... This is the best song. Yeah, this is the best song. Just starting wars on the timeline. It makes me think of me. Fuck. <laughs> starting wars on the timeline. <laughs> Man, honestly, like... If there was a version of that, but for the people who were creating things, right. that would be, like, my ideal. If it was, like, all my well, memories, yeah. like, just out of my mind, and, like, you could just have somebody else, like, churn stuff out of it. God. Just give you little morsels to push you ahead. Right. Because those things are, like, stuck in time. They can't move forward unless you, like, spin them into something that never was. Hmm. Something novel. So then you just have two... Well, multiple lanes going. You have the right. like the straight and true middle lane, and then you have potentially just an infinite number of like outside lanes. Huh. But is yeah, fuck. That is probably it. I mean, that was like when I discovered how if you wanted to run advertisements on Facebook, how much info there was available to you. Oh yeah. About people's behavior. That's like, <laughs> as a consumer, I'm shocked. But as a advertiser, I it couldn't be better. <laughs> yeah. You look at it and you're like, I'm gonna be rich. Yeah, exactly. Just don't look at the faces. Well, no. Just, ma just make the clicks. They're not real. <laughs> that first conversion must feel like oh, man. one of the best highs. I imagine it would. I never really got there. I, I don't give a fuck about it anymore. But I can, imagine if you were, yeah, if you were running a store and converting on shit, like, yeah, that would be like. <laughs> yeah, especially if it was something like just design or art based or whatever, right, right. where it's just something from nothing. That's why I'm never sure how to feel about people that are successful who like <laughs> antagonize the audience and say "fuck me." Maybe right. it's just all part of the brand, but it's like, I don't know. You probably get a bit of a god complex when you start selling. There's certainly a type of artist or a creator or whatever who has like created a market from complaining about their lives. <laughs> um, totally. But not like the actual problems of their lives, like what led them to have this negative view of the world. But right, like, right, right. I have too much money and all my friends are fake. Right. <laughs> Which like gets back to why everything's like negative. It can't be like I've integrated. The shadow. <laughs> yeah, the shadow over a weekend of hard thinking and uh, subtle meditation. No, because nobody truly gives a fuck. Like, nobody wants to hear that. Well, I mean, all the fucking... I mean, the people that consume shit like that don't want to hear that. I don't think anyone wants to hear no. that. No, I suppose not. It's a painful process. Right. Well, remember we talked about it last time? Yeah. The self has to rape the self and then give birth to the self. I do think people want to watch it, though. Clearly. Or to, like, watch Definitely. the process of it happening. Right. Because I think that, like... In, like, a that, dramatized way. Yeah, I think that characterizes a lot of, like, mainstream celebrity careers is that, like, up right. and down thing, which is... It's controlled by the media, but I think the people are just living their lives and the media is just amplifying right. what's already happening with them. And then because they amplify it, it just seems unreal. So we think it's just uh -huh. not reality. And then I think that's where you get uh, people like saying F you to the audience because maybe that person had like a really tough time one year and the sales were down and you just had people just, just dunking on them. <laughs> like, 
for for just right. for the rest of their career. Like they'll bring it up every time. So when they'll get like a bit of confidence, mm -hmm. like a chance meeting on the street, and tell them that this <laughs> thing sucked. And it's like, like my father died that year. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I wasn't exactly making good art for you at the moment. <laughs> yeah. You cocksucker. But that's the thing is like you're. We we're saying before. It's like the the whole sacrifice and rebirth arc. Right. Like it's just. But then you're right, it gets played out like over and over and over again yeah. in, in one career. Like, is, <laughs> I don't know. I listen to most of Donda. Are, are we going to like just give up on Kanye or what's the popular opinion? Where are we at now in the cycle on him? I have I, no idea. I don't know. I, always, I like him as a person. Me too. <laughs> I'll, I'll entertain everything he records. I, I was never really like a Kanye is my personality. Right template person but i've always appreciated the energy he gives and right yeah me too it's a good deal there's always something like redeemable in his output there's certain albums i like more than other ones but mm -hmm. i feel like i've already gotten more than enough of his career mm. and it's just like i'm always happy to see him like just on his bullshit again <laughs> <laughs> there was For like sure. that like icloud leak of one of his engineers and like it leaked some text messages and one of them was like Kanye firing a guy and he was like oh I'm sorry Kanye I set my alarm and I missed it I'm on my way now <laughs> and Kanye's like go find God <laughs> no <laughs> and then another one was uh, um, an engineer uh, texting Kanye and he was like um, or something like I, I passed out during a, a 30 hour uh, pro tool session um I, I passed out and I was on the floor. Uh, so, something like I saw visions or whatever. Um, <laughs> just from like the session. And right. I, I passed out and I was in the hospital, but I'm all better now and I'm ready to go back to work. <laughs> like that kind of pressure is just, it's inspiring for me to see. Right. That there are people out there doing it to that level. Yeah, because there's like a belief and passion behind it. Mm. In the end, like it's just stupid songs and... Like, it's a shame that he's in this place in his career and the mainstream, like, structures aren't supporting him. Like, mm -hmm. imagine where we'd be now if Kanye got to put out videos that people watched from, right. like, 2010 Fuck yeah. to now. If you extrapolate that, I, I think it would look something similar to Michael Jackson, mm. um, just in terms of scale, but... Uh, that would like have lots of cultural implications across the world. Like, <laughs> what would the Kanye generation of uh, right. of like Asian countries look like? Uh -huh. what would their personality be. Damn. Like you're saying, if we had had more access to him over the last ten years. Yeah. Yeah. What would the Wiggers look like if they were trying <laughs> to be like Kanye instead of Drake? Right. Because Drake was definitely the institutional mm. star boy. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. Kanye seemed more, in some, like he was so crazy in some ways, but he also somehow was more human than Drake. Drake is kind of one-dimensional, I find. I never got it, and I, I've only heard like singles as they're forced to me right. through the media, which is the man. So I just don't. <laughs> I don't need any of that. She's a man, man. I haven't heard anything that like made me want to delve deeper. Mm. Like, sort of strong talent in any way but no I'm not the audience for it no, I suppose not <laughs> again it is probably women 
<laughs> yep, and he's literally a version of that, like, that thing we were just talking about. Right. The transgender anima. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome to the stage. But, yeah, I mean, you just have to take one look at the name of his new album. Yeah. Like, it's his whole identity is based on his relationship to the opposite sex. It's like, all right. From a, like, marketing position that sells... Right. Like, mainly to the opposite sex. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. They're, like, maybe it's just from watching Mad Men so many times, but just knowing <laughs> about, like, who the audience is... Right. ...always gives me pause when, like, I respond to things. Especially when I'm responding um, unconsciously. Right. And then I just drop it. That's why, like, right. K-pop is such a refreshing thing, because, the like, the girl group songs are... Right marketed more more often to men mm. like military age men <laughs> so they're all about like infatuation and fun the type of things that you want to hear girls sing about not about like the periods or <laughs> getting beaten in, or any of their opinions or whatever <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just a different argument. it's just it's better served there right regardless of like the implications of how it's made Or any of their opinions or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sure, but... <laughs> What's your time? <laughs> I think we did this in the last podcast, too. Right? <laughs> what there is of the uh, the opinions of these people is just just screaming, just screams and cries for help right. to like, get them out. Right. Because really, if your opinion was... I mean, you'd be satisfied enough with just having the opinion. Yeah. You don't have to fucking... I'll just stop touching the fucking levels. I don't know why I keep doing this. <laughs> All of a sudden, one of us is just yelling. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of feel like I need to buy a suit and just like <laughs> LARP as a as a CEO of a media you company until it happens. Just fake it till you make it. Yeah. Yes, I run Crown Media Corporation. Yeah. You're fucking great. Because <laughs> there is something to that. Like, there's antecedents, there's people in that, like, space who have, like, decided to be the face of it. Right. Just self-appointed. Yeah, and they are all self-appointed. I guess that's kind of like the Playboy model. Right. Just like yeah, like just do it until you're undeniably that. Yeah, and like it gives me pause a little bit, but then I wonder like what what is the alternative to that? Uh-huh. Uh Just be like the imaginary like sex toy of. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Boys all around. Exactly. Like I'm, <laughs> I think I'm past that age. Right, you're either a complete renegade Hugh Hefner f- figure. Who nobody wants to fuck, but everybody is fucking. Right. Or you're not fucking anybody, and everybody wants to fuck you. Either be eaten. <laughs> right. <laughs> Damn. That's fucked. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. I feel like now, more than anything, like this podcast did help me get a handle on things the way I wanted it to. 
but it didn't really like it, it didn't change anything it just improved my understanding of the thing right well like, great just uh, <laughs> to, to steal a great phrase from a great show spooning always leads to forking and <laughs> the podcast is just so close to real life that it's right. like spoons fitting together <laughs> but in order to move on you inevitably have to fork and uh, right. just break off and do new things mm -hmm. I think that's true that's how I felt with my podcast for a while like it's a mm -hmm. relationship with yourself for sure um, when you're doing the podcast like my my perspective on this podcast is way different from yours here mm -hmm. You're fully focused on having it audible <laughs> for people to actually hear it, and I don't think about it at all. <laughs> right. Um, and it's the same way with my podcast, where I'm constantly just worried that I forgot to hit record or whatever. <laughs> oh, fuck, did I hit record? Yeah. But you're right, it is a personal... Like, well, that is it, isn't it, ultimately? <laughs> it's really just you... Yeah, it's not like a finger. bunch of people donning a mask and right. putting on a show, mm -hmm. which I think could work. I have some ideas, but okay. that's not what this is for sure. No. No, we could all put on some goat masks and dance in a circle. <laughs> yeah, the idea of like a, a media type or like a, I guess a game show for media types. Right. There's something about that that's like perverse, but also very funny to me. A game show? Yeah, yeah. Oh. I, yeah, I like that idea actually, and I think that's like what they're selling a lot of in like the late night shows going on, like putting their clips online, all those right. games and all that stuff, which they all stole from Korea. Hmm. Um, like the King of Mass Singer or whatever, that was the right. Korean show. And it's just because their like media industry is so big that they just they have to put stuff out. Right. So they just spin all these ideas out. There's all these game shows. Right. Which are just like, a lot of them just like rehash college subjects huh. as uh, like challenges almost. Huh. And then like what you get is the people who are celebrities who are basically just rubes who don't know anything about it, but they're entertaining to watch. Right. So you just watch them struggle and mostly fail. Right. But we, we accept that they're good at something else, so we'll tolerate them bumble through this. And yeah, and then every small success just gets detonated with like fireworks and stuff. <laughs> and people just lap it up. <laughs> Fuck. I think there's something to that. If you could find somebody who was... Because the other thing, too, I found is people are so guarded these days for all the openness. No, are they? Yeah, like... Well, what are you going to... What, what are we going to talk about? It's like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> Really, it's like I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna ask you about your father. <laughs> That's not it. Right. <laughs> it's like I was talking to a guy. Hopefully, he comes on. He's like a photographer, and like all his pictures was just like women bound with leather straps, like wrapped in cellophane. Right. He's like, well, what are we gonna talk about? <laughs> it's like, what do you think we're gonna talk about? What is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> or what is right with you? Or what is? I mean, I'll, yeah. I mean, he's doing something right for sure. I mean, it, like, does it make him feel good? I'm sure he's happy about it, so yeah. why doesn't he want to talk about it? <laughs> I think he's into it. It's just, you really have to fucking... But who knows, it could be that the kink shaming is what makes him happy about it. Wow. <laughs> I don't, I'm not going <laughs> to... No, I, I was going to make some jokes. <laughs> it wouldn't be appropriate. He still may come on the show. Yeah. But 
not after this, but whatever. <laughs> he sounds chill. No, he's great. He's like his his shit is. I'll send you his page. It's pretty cool. But it's like, isn't it like you you make such extreme? But maybe that's my problem. It's like you make such extreme statements in your art. Maybe yeah, like you well, don't sure, have to tell me about it. I'm sure some of the guardness is about like the, I guess the the range, right? Uh, like or I guess the tone of of the conversation for like media purposes. Like you don't want to be the person who's like. The, I guess the dark horse interview or like right. the one where it went too far or whatever. <laughs> if yeah. you're not like planning it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like if it was just your own fucking ignorance and like lack of control. Right. Not everybody can be Kanye West and like right. their rants just make them more money. <laughs> right. Most people are ruined by it. Right. Yeah, that is the thing, is if we did really know everybody's internal thoughts, <laughs> it would be hell. You gotta be entertaining. Right. I don't know, I feel like, <laughs> I don't know, I wanted to keep it to musicians, mm. just because uh, they're more likely to be kind of sharp performance-wise. Right. Because you never know what you're gonna get with like with actors. Mm-hmm. Um, probably not commitment, um, but there's there's definitely a requirement to have that kind of presence. Right. If you're gonna be a public figure, and it's turning out that almost everybody's a public figure now, <laughs> whether they want to be or not. Right. So that's what kind of why I wanted to just take steps forward because I realized that eventually the mm-hmm. family that I have is likely going to be on social media. Mm-hmm. So what kind of presence am I going to have? <laughs> I certainly didn't want it to be um, curated by Facebook and all the people I grew up with. Right. Just because I'd, I never really found a place where I could forget myself. Hmm. Right, I mean, yeah, that's exactly right. It's like, how can you possibly have to hold to some shit that you signed up for in 2007? It's like, why is that? And all these people, it's just like a graveyard of your past life. Yeah. It couldn't be any less productive. It was in, like, 2008 or something, but I realized that I was trying to, like, change the direction (laughs) of my, uh, of my... Facebook like timeline right. I think it was before you could edit it okay um, just to like just because I felt insecure about it and then from that moment and when I realized that like boomers were flooding the, the <laughs> platform right. I just like took my hands off it and it just span out and then <laughs> right and now, and now you're off it completely yeah I don't I don't care about Facebook no I don't And it hasn't been an impediment to me personally or professionally at all. Mm. Like, I, you still get the, like, you know when somebody around you that you see fairly often has tried to friend request you on Facebook. <laughs> because just it, you just have a weird interaction with them. And it's like, oh, you friend requested mm. me and I haven't seen it because I'm, I'm not on the platform. What's wrong with me? All right. You get calculating stares. 
these are people you work with or no just any like this yeah. was friends in 2009 I this was you. colleagues the whole time <laughs> right which is an interesting thing where it's like suddenly this digital platform is like substituting like there's like this dream space that we go into outside of the reality right and you're not playing by the rules there yeah especially when you could just call or you could just walk up to me and talk to me like i'm right. i'm a fully like um game person mm. unless i'm like i'm really like focused on work mm. um but if you come with anything other than like the weather or you're like your really specific personal problems that you already know the answer to right i'll talk to you probably won't enjoy it though no <laughs> they'll fuck you up but we'll do it thank you folks thank you Devin.